Coming up, a quick Q and A. Ditching the soft SUV and going 100% hardcore with the family. Getting out there, you know, beyond the range of public Wi-Fi even, with a boat on board. Jesus, that's almost as depressing as owning a friggin' caravan, now that I think about it. And much harder to escape from once deployed. So there's that. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Hit me on the website. And don't forget, I'm live streaming your questions with hopefully half cogent answers. Ask me anything, which obviously is not the same as I'll answer anything, but ask, hey, every Thursday night, including this one, at 8.30pm Sydney time, here in the palatial fat cave, yes, deep below stately Chateau Shitsville. That's how I roll. Here's a question from Valerie. I currently drive a Subaru XV and love it. However, we are planning on getting a trailer yacht. I have been researching a tow vehicle. I'm allowing 2.5 tonnes gross trailer mass for the boat, trailer and extras. It's quoted at around 1.8 tonnes, so I'm being conservative. I'm considering Mitsubishi Triton GSR with roll-top tonneau or possibly a Pajero. Because we also use canoes and kayaks and have kids with bikes, the ute looks the most logical. However, given what is to be towed and the gear, I wonder if I should look to a higher towing safety margin, for example, a Land Cruiser 200. Okay, so up front, I'd say Valerie is on absolutely the right track here, and my hands are tied because I actually own a Triton GSR ute with that roll-top tonneau, and it's actually great for that kind of adventuring thing. But if you plan on carrying those kayaks on racks, I would really want to know how the racks integrate with the roll-top tonneau, like the rear rack, if you're going to use ladder racks. Exactly how do we make that work without interfering with the operation of the roll-top? Triton is... Excellent value among utes in my estimation. I would really like it to have adaptive cruise control, but hey, no such thing as the perfect ute and inevitably compromises needed to be made and I could live with that. Uh, Super Select 2, which is the transfer case in the Triton, is excellent. And I really like the way four-wheel drive high range is available to Triton owners with the center diff unlocked. And this essentially delivers all-wheel drive mode, which is kind of like the Subaru, which Valerie is ditching for the bigger, harder-core vehicle. And what it means is that you can drive in 4H on a high-traction surface, which is an excellent thing to be able to do in conditions like my steep driveway in the wet, or just in the wet generally, or even on a good dirt road. And then if things get, you know, really slippery and you're doing proper four-wheel driving, you just turn the knob and lock the centre diff. But don't drive like that on a high traction, traction and traction surface because you can break something expensive and, hey, that's never fun. Except for the dealer because he loves that. This is a brilliant differentiating feature on the Triton, right? Super Select 2 four-wheel drive high centre diff unlocked. Brilliant feature that most competing utes 
just cannot match. And let's not forget, also, Triton is about 12 grand or thereabouts cheaper than something like a Ranger Wild Track. So that's a lot of hoot. You know, you can have quite a lot of family F-U-N with the savings there. You know, cash actually matters. Except if you're a motoring journalist and you're just giving your test car back once a week. Mitsubishi's generally okay at customer support too, so there's that. They're not absolutely up there with the top five, but they're not far outside. However, like all Utes, Triton does feel somewhat tractor-like in comparison to a nice, smooth, nimble Subaru XV. So there's that. And the footprint, the physical footprint, is going to be considerably larger, mainly longer. Thankfully, there is a full 360-degree surround-view camera in the GSR, and that kind of really helps with those precision reverse parks and also for off-roading, where you need to know exactly where the vehicle is in relation to obstacles if you plan on doing any of that kind of thing. It can even help you, you know, just stay in the lanes when you're reverse parking the trailer, whatever. But Utes are often not as practical as the pre-purchase fantasy might suggest. And this is a bridge that you really should cross before spending the big bucks. Like, for normal domestic duties, such as grocery shopping, where exactly do the groceries go if you've got the kids and hubby on board and all the seats are occupied? You trays, you know, very hard on the eggs in particular, unless you want them pre-scrambled, of course. The roll top is great for added security of your stuff in the back, but the height limitation is kind of absolute. Bikes can, of course, go in the tray or on a tow ball mounted carrier, but not while you're towing the boat, obviously, although it's unlikely you'll use the boat and the bikes at the same time. Oh, look, Black Hawk down outside. That could be exciting. I'll let you know if anything happens. It's dead easy to fit a roof rack on a dual cab ute too, so you might want to consider that and you could mount the kayaks on that. There's more than enough roof space to achieve that if you don't want that rack out the back interfering with the roll top. Still, despite the default Schittsvillian ute infatuation, a Pajero Sport might actually be better as a family all-rounder, and I certainly urge you to consider that. I'd get a Pajero Sport over a Pajero any day, because Pajero is practically as old as me from a geriatric point of view, and I, <laughs> I think you'd agree. I'm pretty fucking old. Pajero Sport is essentially, a Triton ute which has been re-engineered with a wagon body and they've added an eight-speed automatic transmission and a coil-sprung rear end, which both of which comprise added refinement when you're out there on the road. So Pajero Sport is fundamentally much less massive Ferguson than the Triton, which begat it, but still somewhat less smooth than something like a Mazda CX-9 or Hyundai Santa Fe. Pajero Sport does, of course, offer massively more tow capacity than one of those softer SUVs, and so does Triton. 3.1 tonnes maximum for Triton and Pajero Sport versus about 2 tonnes generally across that softer 7-seat SUV range. And to me, Land Cruiser 200, right, which was the other option for additional consideration, 
not that much of an upgrade, frankly, in practical terms, at least, for this assignment. Valerie has already built in more than enough operational safety margin vis-à-vis -vis the towing with either of the bits of shitties. 20-something percent, worst case, is an adequate safety margin for this kind of thing. And ballpark, that's where she is. So to me, buying a Land Cruiser 200 means spending roughly double the cash, like, ouch, for about 400 kilos of extra tow capacity, which she's never actually going to need. Complete waste of coin, in my estimation. With Land Cruiser, it's like a 12-year-old vehicle, and... Blue singlet beard strokers kind of love them. They're infatuated, actually. But frankly, that's not the only thing these out-of-touch Toyota-loving, let's call them, uh, aficionados are stroking, right, in my view. To them, Toyota remains the king. But to me, the kingdom is of mediocrity, right? I mean, they haven't even bothered to go Joan Rivers on the old girl, you know? Toyota, they could have given it facelift upon facelift upon facelift, but if they have, it's been very clever work indeed because I'm not seeing it. No Apple or Android phone integrations with Land Cruiser, I'm pretty sure. And how 1980s is that? Huge increase in price, hard to justify objectively and not that much return in terms of additional useful capability. But certainly, if you want light at the end of the tunnel, Land Cruiser has excellent resale value. And do you want to keep feeding a 4.5-litre twin-turbo V8 diesel? Probably not. It's not rational, anyway. If you, if you wanted to do that, it would be something you'd love to do rather than something you need to do. So if I were Valerie, I would look closely at Pajero Sport versus Triton for all-round family suitability, and I'd really think about real-world practicality in relation to the ute, okay? I'd also consider how you're going to offer, diplomatically, let's call it, sex and travel advice to every tenuous friend and relative who suddenly thinks that you will actually want to lend them your new ute for every house moving and or renovation project of which they can conceive. Because that's part of the deal with ute ownership. And you have to learn to say no. And in extreme situations, sex and travel, buddy. Get your own friggin' ute, right? Like, I get the gravitational pull of the ute. Money where one's mouth is, I friggin' bought one. No special favours. I just bought it. I went out, spent the cash, bought it. And I do like it. I like owning a ute. As your next prime mincer, I can tell you that my Triton GSR made Australia much less shit for me. Do I actually need a ute? Nah. I just wanted one. So there's that. That's allowed. Of course, I managed this exclusively without the liberal application of Trefilex HD. The thick fluid sticks to the tool. Hashtag Australia. Hashtag marketing. Who doesn't want that? This episode proudly supported by 2020 FO. The all-purpose year-from-hell remover. Carefully designed by yours truly, twice the chocolatey zest and... It prevents tooth decay. <laughs> yes. And 
Dickhead Pro, which is exactly right for you if you actually paid attention at school, but desire deep down to blend in anyway with ordinary bogans here in Shitsville. Don't forget that for 85 or 95% of all the driving time in applications such as these, back to the vehicles now, the vehicle itself will in all probability simply be doing normal family running around. Therefore, if some compromises must be made, then how about you go out and make them in the towing and adventuring areas? What I'm saying, the vehicle you buy, right, has to be capable of towing and adventuring that you require it to do, okay? That's obvious. But it should also be as close as possible to a really good fit for the majority of the somewhat more mundane usage to which you will routinely subject it. Very important to get the balance right there. Not the other way around, okay? The perfect heavy towing and adventuring platforms are generally a fairly crap daily driver proposition around town. And if you go that way, it's probably quite a poor fit overall. And that's kind of a bastard given the upfront expenditure and the severe cost of changing horses early in the ownership equation. This is, of course, why research and careful consideration is so important when you are buying such a vehicle, right? And buying one on a whim, it's often the recipe for an emphatic fail. See you tonight at 8.30.